You're listening to Weird Medicine with Dr. Steve on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. I've got diphtheria crushing my esophagus. I've got Ebola virus dripping from my nose. I've got the leprosy of the heart valve exacerbating my incredible woes. I want to take my brain out and blast it with the wave, an ultrasonic, echographic, and a pulsating shave. I want a magic pill for all my ailments, the health equivalent of Citizen Kane. And if I don't get it now in the tablet, I think I'm doomed and I'll have to go insane. I want a requiem for my disease, so I'm paging Dr. Steve. It's Weird Medicine, the first and still only uncensored medical show in the history of broadcast radio, now a podcast. I'm Dr. Steve, and this is a show for people who would never listen to a medical show on the radio or the internet. If you've got a question you're embarrassed to take to your regular medical provider, if you can't find an answer anywhere else, give us a call. 347-766-4323. That's 347-POOHEAD. If you're listening to us live, the number is 754-227-3647. Hey, follow us on Twitter, at Weird Medicine, or at DR Scott WM. You can also follow Lady Diagnosis. She will be back at Lady Diagnosis. Visit our website at drsteve.com for podcast medical news and stuff uh, that you can buy, or go to our new merchandise store at cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. Most importantly, we are not your medical providers. Take everything you hear with a grain of salt. Don't act on anything you hear on this show without talking it over with your doctor, nurse practitioner, physician assistant, pharmacist, chiropractor, acupuncturist, yoga master, physical therapist, clinical laboratory scientist, registered dietitian, or whatever. All right. Now, look. Holidays are coming, whatever your persuasion. It's holiday season. You'll want to go. And look, I make like 25 cents off of this, so I'm not pushing it because I'm going to make anything off of it. But um, if you go to cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine, you can uh, get a Bristol stool scale mug. We've got some that are Weird Medicine branded and some that aren't. And basically the Bristol stool scale is a scale uh, for um, judging uh, turds, basically, fecal matter. So, uh, you know, and it goes from one to seven with uh, hard little balls having one number and just watery, you know, uh, voluminous watery diarrhea having another number. And uh, it's graphical, so it has pictures of it. And it's hilarious as one of those white elephant gifts. You work in a doctor's office, you're going to do secret Santa. Or uh, if you just want to give somebody something gross and hilarious, go to cafepress.com slash weirdmedicine. And uh, there's all kinds of... um, feces themed uh, gifts that are reasonable another gift and I make zero from this uh, even though it bears my likeness is um, uh, the flatus flute it's hilarious stocking stuffer for that naughty gift that you want to give somebody so go to flatusflute.com for that and uh, just for regular stuff that we talk about on this show just go to stuff.drsteve.com it's basically a click through to Amazon uh, and it just uh, tags it that we referred you. and um, Or you can scroll down and you can see just about every product that we've ever mentioned on this show. 
that has any kind of salutary effect. So, uh, and if there's something that's missing on there that you think should be on there, email me. Just go to uh, drsteve.com and click contact. Ignore all the warnings. That's to keep the non-listeners out. Uh, it, another gift idea is tweakedaudio.com. They've got the best earbuds for the price on the market and the best customer service anywhere. I get uh, compliments on their customer service all the time. Go to tweakedaudio.com and uh, enter offer code FLUID, F-L-U-I-D, for 33% off. Um, Check out Dr. Scott's website at simplyherbals.net. That's simplyherbals.net. And his uh, uh, Dr. Scott uh, uh, peppermint nasal spray is fantastic. I uh, I actually need to replenish my supply, and I think he ran out. It, you guys did such a great job buying stuff from him that he ran out for a while, so check him out over there. And if he's still out, just yell at him for being a lazy hippie. You know, Jesus, uh, try, you know, learn how to run a business. But anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just kidding, Scott, if you're listening. You're, you're delightful. Okay, um, if you want to attain your ideal body weight, as I have done, um, for the first time since college in the easiest way possible and changed my life, really did change my life in that it's changed my relationship with food. I'm eating so much healthier and I feel so much better. I did it using the psychology app called Noom, N-O-O-M, and you can go to noom.drsteve.com. You get two weeks free, and if you decide to do it, it's only a three-month thing, and it's less expensive than Weight Watchers and there's no points and all that malarkey. Now there is some logging of food and you've got a counselor you're accountable to, which is all great. That's what I needed. I needed some accountability because I didn't want to tell my counselor that I just ate a whole bag of uh, uh, Snickers bars. So check that out at noom.drsteve.com and uh, if um, you're lazy like I am, do Freshly. Freshly uh, delivers fresh prepared meals that make eating right super easy. You can use my link to get six dinners for $39 for two weeks. That's 20 bucks off a week. Give it a try and let me know what you think. That's at freshly.drsteve.com. And uh, I, my wife and I really like it. We loved Blue Apron, and uh, we would still do that. Uh, but once our kids got back in school, we got kind of lazy or, you know, we had a lot of stuff to do. And uh, this we just pop in the oven and uh, or pop in the microwave. And you think, well, I could just go buy Lean Cuisines. Well, the food in this really is a much higher quality, in my opinion. And um, uh, it is uh, it seems to be more expertly and individually sort of prepared, if that makes any sense. And less like it came out of a machine. And there's more food in there. The the, the package about the same size, but there's got to be at least twice as much food as in um, like a lean cuisine. Because I, I remember when I was in residency, um, I would, I was just so lazy. I was single, and I would eat two lean cuisines for dinner tonight. But I, one wouldn't do it, but I'd have to eat two. But anyway, check out freshly.drsteve.com if you don't like it. Uh, you know, none of these things are for everybody. Uh, can it? But thanks for at least considering it. And if you want archives of the show and why would you uh, but if you do uh, premium.drsteve.com is one way to get that use offer code fluid to get half off it's only a buck 99 a month but so it's a dollar a month for the first three months and if you want to just sign up you can just download everything 
uh, and uh, and then just cancel. Um, it, that is kind of a pain. So the easy way to do it is to uh, go to drsteve.com, and there's a link on the front page that says um, get all the archives uh, on a thumb drive, and I send you a 32-gig thumb drive with 16 gigs of content on it, and um, it's all the uh, shows up until that point that we've done on uh, for Riotcast. Anyway, so check that out. Uh, that's it. Um, let me see here. What did we have? I thought we had something very interesting. Oh, yeah. Um, listen to the SiriusXM show this week. Um, you can listen on demand. I did a, 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 a extended piece on auto brewery syndrome. And um, I, I did a a uh, poll recently that was very revealing to me. Um, the, uh, I did a poll on Twitter, and you can check out my Twitter at weirdmedicine.com, where I said, well, where do you listen to the show? Sirius XM? Do you listen on, uh, uh, on demand? Or do you uh, listen to the podcast or both? And 14% of people listen on both, which is why I'm doing this show is very different from the SiriusXM show uh, today. For those people who actually listen to both get sick of hearing the same crap on both. Um, but also, uh, 61% listen to the podcast. Now, that's a big turnaround from when we first started. When we first started, we would have, a, you know, a, the estimation for... Um, the listenership of the Saturday Night Virus when we first started was about 100,000 people. And um, now the vast majority of people, at least on Twitter, who responded to my poll, so not very scientific, uh, are listening to the podcast. So thank you for that. And uh, I'll uh, start paying more attention to the podcast, I guess. Jeez, I had no idea. Um, I, have my new, I wanted to introduce my new co-host... So when I need to get a laugh, I have uh, my uh, Halloween co-host because I'm recording this the day after Halloween and I'm going to put it out. So if you're listening to this on Friday, November 1st, I actually recorded this at 8 a.m. before I went to work because I I couldn't do it last night. Anyway. All right. A couple of things. I was on. Howard Stern recently. I've been working on a project with Mehmet Walker for several weeks. And uh, what he wanted to do, he he called me. and Because I know Shuley did some stuff for us, and I've done a, a couple of things for Shuley. And, uh, you know, Shuley and I are, I, I consider us friends. I mean, we don't hang out all the time or talk all the time, but we're friendly at least, and we know each other. And uh, they wanted to do a science experiment. And he said, hey, call Dr. Steve. So this Mehmet kid who um, has a superior IQ from the uh, IQ test. uh, And it shows because he really got it. Uh, What they wanted to do was uh, swab the um, staffers and their workspaces to see if there were any weird germs and to see if someone was germier than other. And uh, fully not expecting anything, but wanted to do it in case something cool showed up and then they could do a bit out of it. And uh, so I arranged for a lab to uh, do the cultures and the, we didn't do sensitivities, but we did do bacterial identification. And um, I sent him a a little video 
showing how to collect a specimen and then send them a bunch of specimen tubes. Now these things, they've got a swab in there. You swab it, then you break it off and you put it in this culture medium and um, it's got uh, liquid in it, keeps it alive. Then they put them on ice and sent them back to me. And uh, he, uh, that's, I was very impressed because um, he used a pretty good, uh, excellent technique for getting these samples and even cor- corrected for possible biases. For example, uh, there's a guy on that show, Richard Christie. Uh, it was my idea to um, uh, to use his ass crack as a uh, as a control, just as a funny control. And I'm really glad that we did that because one of the results was made funnier because of that. But anyway, and I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Mehmet knew that if he um, let Richard spread his cheeks to get the um, ass crack swab, that that would contaminate his fingers. So he actually did the fingers first. It seems trivial, but not everybody would think of that. So I was very impressed by him, and he got all the science. It was one of those things, you know, I only had to tell him stuff once, and then when we sent him the results, he was immediately able to synthesize it. So I was very impressed by him. Um, but anyway... It was a, an interesting test. I have the results in front of me. Uh, you can just listen to it on Howard Show On Demand. But there were a few things. Uh, you know, there's so much going on. There's six people in the studio, and then it's, you know, it's Howard. And I still get nervous talking to Jim and Sam. Um, I'm nervous talking to Bennington when I, you know, used to talk to them a lot on the air. I mean, I'm just, I'm just a nervous Nelly. I'm still a fanboy. So... Because of all of that, it's very difficult to get out every single thing that I wanted to say. And uh, so I thought, I'd, you know, I have my own show, but I'll do it over here. But anyway, um, the interesting findings were Richard. And he, there were two people were were, were um, labeled as the germiest, but really only one really should have gotten it, in my opinion. But it wasn't my bit. But uh, Richard Christie, delightful. He's made me laugh so many times. And uh, just a, a very nice guy. And um, really, really funny. And one of the greatest uh, metal drummers that has ever lived. And a lot of people are not aware of that. I don't know how you can't make an awesome living doing that. I mean, I go to, when I used to go to Ozfest, there'd be, you know, what, 50,000 people there or something? Some insane number? Uh, how are you not making money? But then, of course, there were 50,000 bands, too. So I guess that it, that's part of it. But anyway, Richard is awesome. They um, did his ass crack. His ass crack grew three plus, three plus Enterococcus fecalis. So Enterococcus is a bacterium that causes disease when it invades. Motion detected uh, oh. at the front door. Well, I'll check that out in a minute. Thank you, Ring. Um uh, it causes disease in the elderly and uh, can cause urinary tract infections. If it invades from the bladder into uh, the bloodstream, it can cause sepsis and uh, and death. But it, it's, a, it's a normal bacterium, you know. These things that can cause sepsis and death tend to only do it to the sickest people around or they have some host factor that makes them vulnerable to it. You know, some anatomic um, anatomic defect 
or a genetic susceptibility to these bacteria because we live with them. You know, we live mostly in a symbiotic relationship with them. Um, or if there's a foreign body, foreign bo- but the body does not like foreign bodies, so you shove a, uh, a catheter in someone's bladder then and leave it there, that's a foreign body that bacteria can kind of adhere to, and it increases the overall count of bacteria. And then if it's uh, chafe, uh, chafing is not a great medical word, but if it's uh, irritating and causing inflammation of the mucous membrane around there, that gives the bacteria every once in a while an opportunity to invade because they'll just go anywhere where there's food. So uh, anyway, so he had Enterococcus fecalis. He also had 3 plus E. coli. E. coli, typical stool bacterium, um, considered one of the nice bacteria, but you don't want it in your food, and if it gets in your bloodstream, it can kill you as well. So E. coli sepsis is uh, is a real thing. Uh, and then 4 plus staph hemolyticus, that's just normal skin staph. But, um, uh, so anyway, that's what he had. So, so remember the number, 3 plus enterococcus, 3 plus E. coli in Richard's ass crack. Well, um, his cell phone... Uh, was I'll, I'll come back to his cell phone because his cell phone was insane. Uh, but Richard's hand had four plus Enterococcus fecalis on it. So we'll give him a little applause for that. Now, if everybody's hands had just showed staph epi or staph hemolyticus or something like that, which are normal bacteria, th- there would have been no bit. They would have just said, hey, everybody's doing a good job. Nice job keeping your hands clean. That's, there's no humor in that, and there's no bit. The fact that Richard's hand had more shit bacteria on it than his ass crack did led to some level of hilarity. And um, and <laughs> people said, how could this happen? I didn't really have an answer that wouldn't just have, have to talk about statistics and stuff. And I said, well, you know how it happened. I, you know, implying that Richard's just gross. And Richard has a kid. He's, um, his concept of hygiene is a little different than others. I mean, he'll run, he, will, he will run four miles and then not take a shower. It just, to me, is difficult to comprehend. But, you know, our species live that way for hundreds of thousands of years. It's only really been in the last generation or two where we've been obsessed with taking showers and and all this stuff so um uh so in that way but he's he's not gross he's not a gross human being but uh nonetheless he had four plus enterococcus on his hands and three plus in his ass crack and so that's a funny result particularly since richard has a reputation for uh you know having a, a, a an alternative concept of hygiene so um, how does this happen? Well, this is most likely just a statistical thing. If you think about it, um, when you do these swabs, you're just casting a net in the ocean. So you cast a net in the ocean, one time you get a squid. Next time you cast a net in the ocean, you get a bunch of menhaven, which are little bait fish. And then the next time you do it, uh, you get a stingray. And that's the same thing with this. If we had had them do three serial um, uh, samples on Richard's hand, we would have gotten different results almost every time. Now, there, there may have been some trends and some similarities, but they wouldn't be exactly the same. 
And that's the case here. I think, uh, you know, when they swabbed his ass crack, they just hit an area that didn't have relatively as much enterococcus fecalis. When they hit his hand, they hit an area that had relatively more. And that, that may have been the only spot just by chance that had that much enterococcus on it. And uh, But, of course, they accused him of not washing his hands, and he was befuddled because he knows that he does wash his hands. Of course, we um, these bacteria are there all the time. Not so much enterococcus on your hands, but it can happen. You can touch a doorknob that someone else, let's just say, for example, that Richard washed his hands thoroughly, and someone else in that office, we'll, we'll call him Will, uh, had taken a dump and had not adequately washed his hands and then touched a doorknob. And then Richard touched that same doorknob. Now, that is called fomite transmission. People who listen to this show frequently know what I'm talking about. Fomite is an inanimate object that can be a reservoir for bacteria or viruses and transmit it to somebody else. So if I have influenza, I cough in my hand, I touch a the handle of a urinal and then walk away and someone else flushes that urinal and transmits influenza virus from that urinal handle to their hand and now they stick their hand in their mouth it seems torturous but you you've got you know, seven billion people on this world it happens a lot um that's that person received influenza not airborne but through fomite transmission and that could have happened in this case so um, uh, th that's a, also a possibility, or it could just be statistics. The interesting thing on Richard as well is um, they made a big deal out of uh, the fact that there was one person had a bacterium that I'd never heard of. They said, God, this is so rare, the doctor never even heard of it. And then they got, this got conflated with another bacterium that was on Gary's workspace called Micrococcus. Well, I've heard of Micrococcus. I've seen Micrococcus. Uh, sepsis and they were so freaked out by the micrococcus that the obvious joke was never really uttered by anybody but um the the bacteria i'd never heard of was uh peni bacillus pabulum which has a funny name anyway and uh peni bacillus pabulum is a bacterium that is found in soil and cattle feed and it may also be involved in the honeybee colony disease and uh, the only time that this this thing has caused um, disease was five IV drug abusers who uh, injected honey-prepared methadone, which I don't know what that is. I don't know what honey-prepared methadone is, but it was anyway methadone mixed with honey, and then they injected it. Don't do that, by the way. Thank you. Uh, proven to uh, contain P. larvae spore. So he, he could have gotten it from honey particularly if it was unpasteurized honey. Do they pasteurize honey? I don't even know. Um, and he said that he had just taken his kid to a um, uh, one of these pumpkin patches. So I'm pretty sure that's where he got it. But that's interesting. This is how these bacteria live. You know, ba bacteria and viruses got to live too. And he went to, presumably, went to a pumpkin patch, playing around, touched some stuff. This bacteria got on his hand. Now he carried it into the studio and maybe it's got a, it finds a reservoir there somewhere and it can live for a while. Anyway. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. All right. Uh, the only other thing of interest that I wanted to talk about was they made a Gary, the executive producer, one dubious uh, distinction of being the germiest uh, staff member. And I, um, it's funny for the bit because, the you know, Mehmet and Howard both love to, you know, basically uh make uh gary you know put gary in the bat in the barrel uh but uh what he had was um on his workspace three plus micrococcus luteus okay it made a very big deal out of this can cause sepsis and death and the narrative was that gary had this uh deadly bacteria on his workspace and when I called in, I really uh, tried to normalize the micrococcus, and I know it wasn't th- that I was killing the bit. I was killing the bit, and I knew that I was, but I, I, I felt bad for Gary because, really, this is something you could find anywhere. It is interesting that we only found it in that one place, but uh, micrococcus is very commonly found in environmental plates, and I said that specifically on the air. Um, it's, uh, it causes odors in humans when breaking down the components of sweat. So this is the bacterium that contributes to BO and it's found in soil, dust, water, and, and it's part of human skin flora. Uh, it's also been isolated from foods such as milk and goat's cheese. Now, can it cause sepsis and death? Yes. In the most immunocompromised people. And I'm talking people, say, on chemotherapy whose bone marrow is not are not producing uh, white blood cells. So these are people with severe neutropenia or people, say, uh, possibly with HIV or some other genetic predisposition to having an immune system that can't fight off micrococcus. Other than that, this stuff is everywhere and uh, it doesn't cause disease in normal people. But that, you know, wasn't as funny. And. Um, the the other thing that I did find fascinating, this is the last thing I'll bring up, was every single person, every person somewhere, either their cell phone, 
their workplace or on their hands had Bacillus Sirius, and it's hilarious because they're on Sirius XM, so they were calling Bacillus Sirius Pandora, but um, it's Bacillus C-E-R-E-U-S. And this is a toxin-producing uh, anaerobic, meaning that it doesn't like living in the air, gram-positive bacteria. It's found in the environment. It's found in soil and vegetation, but it quickly multiplies at room temperature. And it is, because it's toxin-producing, it can definitely cause disease or illness. And I was um, a victim of Bacillus cereus back when I was in medical school. I went to a sushi bar, and apparently the person had it on their hands, and their sushi rice had uh, set out for too long. And when it hit room temperature, this Bacillus cereus multiplied like crazy, and we all ate the stuff, and then all of us, four hours to six hours later, and that's a hallmark of this bacterium, is the toxin uh, produces voluminous diarrhea within about four to six hours, and everyone will have it at the same time. So when we all called each other the next day, it was like, yeah, two in the morning, I was up, you know, crapping pure water uh, for about two hours, and then it was over. And uh, But I remember it was so severe that I called the emergency room. I think it was just because I wanted to report uh, food poisoning. But um, Bacillus cereus, this diarrhea was so forceful that um, if I bent over and just let it fly, it would have hit a wall 20 feet behind me. Now, you've heard me use that imagery before when I was talking about uh, doing my colon prep for my colonoscopy. It's, it felt very similar to that. At least then you're expecting it. I wasn't expecting it after having a nice sushi meal. So um, it just, and uh, this doesn't mean don't eat sushi. Obviously, I've eaten sushi thousands of times <clears throat> since then. This was one time. But it was horrendous, and I will never forget it. And when I saw it everywhere there, it just makes you realize we don't know what's in our environment. We don't have microscopic vision, so we can't see it. If we could, we would be totally freaked out. And so they're a little freaked out up there because now they know that this stuff is out there. But it was there before. It's been there. They've been on the air since 2005. It's been there for the last 14 years. They just weren't aware of it. And that's true of all of us. Uh, so, but it does emphasize excellent hand washing uh, before preparing food for anybody and before eating. And don't stick your finger in your mouth or your nose or your eyes because that's how you get this shit for the most part. Sometimes you eat it. Hepatitis A is transmitted fecal oral. In other words, somebody has hepatitis A, they take a dump, they don't wash their hands adequately. And uh, then they prepare your food, and then you get the hepatitis A va virus. Love the hepatitis A vaccine. Go get it. Uh, it will prevent that from happening. It's like a puke bug that lasts for months. So you don't want it. Um, go uh, go uh, get your hepatitis A and B vaccine if you're at risk for getting hepatitis B. Okay, well, anyway, enough of that. Uh, very interesting experience, though, and I, I really thank... Mehmet and the other staffers and Howard for letting me do that. And people say, well, well, what about Jim and Sam? I would do anything for Jim and Sam. The XM 103 is still my home. It will always be my home. And I will do anything for them. They're just kind of, I'm boring. You know, I have the um, 
the if it's a gift, I guess, of having a decent command of a very interesting subject. But I myself am not an interesting person, and, and I'm boring, and I think they're just bored with me is really what it is. So, well, I mean, look, I, I tried to ruin the bit when they were doing, you know, I just can't help myself. I can't help myself. I didn't want Gary to feel bad, and I didn't want misinformation out there because then, you know, other physicians or microbiologists could call in and say, that doctor's full of shit. And I didn't want that either. So it was hard for me to, uh, uh, I can, you know, do stuff in the background and then just step back. But, you know, I'm a narcissist too, so I got to be in there. Anyway, um, we have a surprise for Cody Gilmer. If you know Cody, he is the uh, guitarist, one of the guitarists for a band called Indie Ghost. And please send a tweet to um, South by Southwest. That's at SXSW requesting them to uh, have put Indie Ghost Band, and you can tag them at Indie Ghost Band. It's I-N-D-I-G-H-O-S-T uh, at South by Southwest this year because they've applied. But anyway, um, Cody is going to be a great addition to this show. He won't be here every time because he's a rock star, but when he is, it'll be very entertaining because he is a hypochondriac, and Scott and I made some music for him. He has not heard it yet, so here it is. Born with a deviated septal heart Had my first hemorrhoid before I could fart Had every ailment from herpes to VD And my prostate exam made me have to be Cody Okay, so yeah, it's not great. <laughs> I um, we'll, we'll, we might be able to come up with something better than that, but that was all Scott. Scott came over, so I got this great idea. We're gonna do this hypochondriac song for Cody, and uh, there it is for you. So, all right, um, let's uh, take a few phone calls. Number oh. one, thing, hey Doc, don't take advice this from some asshole on the radio. I wanted to let you know that I took your advice and I had my testosterone levels checked and. Thank God, it's actually pretty cool. I also had PSA done. That's pretty cool too. Turns out I do have a little high cholesterol, and I just want to tell you and thank you for all the details that you talk about because it's so important for men to take care of their life and take care of their health. Anyway, God bless, man. Hey, man. Oh. Hey, thank you. Props from uh, uh, West Virginia Ramp Salt. By the way, Ramp Salt is awesome stuff. And uh, he um, is one of the few purveyors of such on the Internet. So just Google West Virginia Ramp Salt. I think he may be at WV Ramp Salt on, uh, on uh, Twitter, but I'm not 100% sure. And I should have checked that out before I played his call. But anyway, um, yeah. And, and look, if you're going to call in, you're welcome to plug something. I'll either play it or I won't. But it's okay to plug your your website or something. I really didn't have a problem with it. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's all about mitigating risk. So he's working on mitigating his risk. He got his testosterone checked to make sure uh, to that he's not at risk for uh, uh, feeling like crap. And his cholesterol's elevated. You know what? 
if you find out you're at risk for something, and then people say, well, I don't want to know, I don't want to know. If you find out you're at risk for something, you're less likely to die from it because it means you're going to do something about it. People who are at high risk for colon cancer who get their colonoscopies every year because they know they're at high risk for colon cancer uh, are less likely to die from it, right? It just makes sense. Now, if you know you're at risk and you just bury your head in the sand, well, then, you know, whatever happens to you, you kind of you kind of knew it was going to happen. But if you're at high risk for something and you do something about it, that's good. So he now knows that his risk for um, a, you know, heart attack and stroke may be a little bit higher, so he's going to do something. He'll change his diet, maybe have to take medication, whatever. Uh, if you're interested in finding out what your cardiovascular risk is, just Google Framingham Calculator or Framingham Heart Risk Calculator. You'll need to know your blood pressure and uh, uh, one or two uh, cholesterol, no, just one, I guess one cholesterol parameter, and they want to know your age and whether you smoke or not, and then it'll spit out what your risk of heart attack and stroke is. So if it's higher than the average, you got to do something about it because you don't want to have a higher than average risk of having something life-threatening. And it's always going to be in the low numbers, though. Let's just do mine. Um, we'll do mine real quick just for fun. Let me open up another window here. Framingham risk calculator. There it is. Okay, there's a bunch of them. So let's go to uh, mdcalc.com. This is a website that just has a bunch of different uh, medical calculators. So my age, ugh, 64, sex, not very often. <laughs> Smoker, no. I quit uh, 20 years ago. Very good. Thank you. Give myself some applause. Total cholesterol now is down to like 175. My HDL, though, was not great. I think it was 50. And my systolic blood pressure is 110. But I am on blood pressure medicine, which I'm hoping to get off of now that my... Oh, geez. Wow. Um, at my age, there's a 20% 10-year risk of my MI or death. Holy crap. Oh, mine's half that. Sorry, I had to hit the cough button. My What I am at risk for is this thing called laryngeal dysfunction. If there's any speech pathologists out there, I need to talk to you. Uh, call in or send me an email because uh, it's happening anytime I speak for a prolonged period. And I do talks on a national level. And if I have to do a two-hour talk, <clears throat> almost every time this happens to my voice. It gets better very quickly if I drink some water. Of course, I didn't bring any up here because I'm an idiot. But anyway, um, yeah, Google laryngeal dysfunction and you'll see what I have. It's just a function of getting old, but there's got to be an exercise or something that I can do to make this better. But anyway, so my risk is 10.2%, and uh, the average 10-year risk is 20%. So uh, getting so two things from this. Getting old sucks. Let me put in, if I, was, if I were 50, now calculate that, you bastard. Okay, then, oh yeah, so my risk of heart attacks 
going from 50 to 64 doubled. In other words, uh, the average risk for a 50-year-old is 10%, which means 90% of you won't have a heart attack to um, 20% at age 60. Oh, and at age 65, it's 22. Let's put in 70. Well, of course, that makes sense. That's 25. So uh, you would think at 70, it'd be higher. Let's go to 86. Oh, 7,086. It doesn't like that. Uh, oh, data's not available for 86. Okay, 80. Nope. Okay, it stops around 76, 77. I just don't care. Yeah, data for average risk in ages 75 to 79 is unavailable. So let's just do 75. Well, you bastard. Okay, 74. Piece of sh... Okay. Yeah, okay. So <clears throat> you top out at 25%. Still means you're more likely than not not to have a uh, heart attack that year, but still 20, one in four, yikes. You know, if I had one in four odds that I would lose everything, I probably wouldn't bet everything on on uh, in Vegas on a single bet on red. But if I'm, uh, let's see, if I'm 25 and I have these same numbers, nope, data not available because you're too young. Okay, let's say 40. Uh, then it's 4%. Now, if I have a 96% chance of doubling up, I might bet everything on red at the roulette table. But anyway, all right. Let me see if I've got anything else I can do real quickly. Hey, Dr. Steve. I was listening to an Iron Butterfly album last week. Excellent. And the music's pretty good by itself, but um, if you throw in a couple beers and you know maybe a little weed, that music really comes alive. And I was just wondering... <laughs> What, what, what's happening in your brain to really, uh, you know, transform that music into... Yeah, the um, um, cannabis receptors in the brain are fascinating. It's, uh, you know, why do we even have these things? You know, life on this earth is pretty efficient in the sense that... Well, let me give you an example. Beyond Burgers... One of the ways they make them kind of bleed, which is something that I guess we like in meat because it makes it seem more authentic, is they put heme in it. Heme is a um, portion of the hemoglobin molecule. And I'm like, this is disgusting. Are they taking cows and then extracting the heme from their blood and then putting it in this? How's that plant-based? Well, it turns out, no, there is a plant-based version of heme. And I think there are some bacteria that produce it as well. It's like, why? What are they doing with it? Um, I mean, there's a finite number of ways that you can configure carbon and hydrogen and nitrogen and oxygen together to make these organic molecules. So life will use these things over and over again. The octopus eye um, evolved separately from ours, but their eyes almost identical to ours. So there's, you know, there's a right way to make an eye, apparently, at least given the en- environmental pressures that we have on this earth. So likewise, you have these cannabis plants that produce these cannabinoid molecules, and molecularly they are very similar if not identical in some cases to the cannabinoids that our body produces 
to uh, signal different parts of the nervous system to, uh, you know, to fire this neuron or do whatever. And then when we overstimulate them with these exogenous cannabinoids, one of the effects of THC is to make you high and to turn on your sensory system so that you can hear better and you make different associations that you wouldn't normally make and uh, those kinds of things. And it, for some people, they uh, feel like it um, enhances their creativity. <clears throat> I know there are other people that think that they feel like they're more creative when they're high and they're really not when they go back and listen to whatever they did later. So, you know, that's that's a subjective thing. You can make up your own minds on that. But anyway, uh, thanks to everybody who um, listens to the show. Can't forget all the folks at uh, Riotcast and at SiriusXM. Listen to our SiriusXM show on the Faction Talk channel. And um, many thanks go to our listeners whose voicemail and topic ideas make this job very easy. Until next time, check your stupid nuts for lumps, quit smoking, get off your asses, and get some exercise. We'll see you in one week for the next edition of Weird Medicine. Weird Medicine.